You are now tuned in to the Project 365 Experience. Welcome back to the Project 365 Podcast, guys. Episode 11. And I am your host, Coach O. And this week, we have a really good episode. A good friend of mine is going to join the podcast, Michael Jackman, who is currently the head coach at Centennial College. He is someone that for the past eight years has developed and coached a lot of athletes that have ended up going to play at the NCAA level. They have played at the CEBL level, which is the Canadian Elite Basketball League, professional league in Canada, at the U-Sport level, which is Canadian universities, and at the junior college level in the U.S., uh, he's someone that uh, brings a winning culture to the Colts program, and they are doing really great things, so looking forward to that. He's going to talk to us about how he started and how in 2022 took over as the head coach of the program. So stick around. We talk a lot of uh, player development um, things, but we also talk about how coaches can see themselves in a different light, and we make the relation between how coaches are teachers too. And in the basketball coaching section, we're going to talk about rebounding. It's, it's been on my mind. I really want to dive into rebounding and make people understand how it is such a valuable and how it relates to winning a lot of games. Let's not waste any time. Let's dive in. Episode 11. Happy to have you here. And now let's head into this interview with the head coach at Centennial College, Michael Jackman. Hey, just do what you do. Hopefully, people can feel the vibes, the good vibes popping out of this. Right. right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, we got Michael Jackman with us. Uh, Michael Jackman is head coach at Centennial College. He's also an elementary school teacher. So tell me a bit, how, in terms of coaching and being a teacher, how are things kind of together? How do things tie in together? Um. I think it's tying together because you're always coaching in some type of format, um, mm-hmm. both levels um, and teaching and ties mm-hmm. in because, you know, on the teaching level, you're coaching up these young learners to better critical thinkers and aware of their, you know, cultural you know, awareness of how the world and society works in basketball, you know, it's, it's the same format. You're, you're, you're teaching some type of skill and life skill to grown men, on, or I should say adult men, young adult men, on how to process things better on a day-to-day basis for themselves so they can be equipped once they're done school to live a better life in society for themselves right so um it goes hand in hand man but it's uh on one point you know i'm with young kids and another point I'm with older kids so it's a good contrast for me personally as a as a as a as a you know person that's in this kind of role so you know i i i appreciate what i'm doing but it, it is a lot of hard work um but that's that's where i see that intertwined don't to answer that question for you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We got we got the opportunities to hang out for a little bit at camp 
<laughs> and yes. just get a chance to bounce bounce off of each other, bounce ideas off of each other, and just uh, just again, like you said, using basketball to help the next generation kind of um, grow in aspects that a lot of times they don't even pay attention to. Right. Talk to talk to me because we all know how how important basketball is to certain kids. Talk right. about how things are when it comes to um, the social side. What kind of skills can players, um, can players, athletes, not just basketball, but just athletes in general, can use when they're within team sports? Um, and like you said, like to wrap that, that, that question up, it's it's not only about basketball. I know we're talking about basketball right now, absolutely, but. Mm-hmm wants to be involved in physical activity, wants to be a part of that social identity piece of, you know, I'm active and I'm part of this you know, circle of people that are active as well. And, you know, what can come out of that is that social interaction piece of making new friends, meeting people with common interests, learning off each other, you know, um, big piece that especially that, you know, we're all trying to teach is that communication piece. Mm-hmm. How can I, as a person, communicate who I am, but as well as communicate in the sport as well. Um, and, 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 and teaching this how, how to become your own leader. Um, I think in that social aspect, a lot of those characteristics kind of prevail and really are, you know, the, the, the important things that are seen. But, you know, in the, the day, it's about just that interaction piece and finding how to, you know, be be seen and be heard in a way, right? Um, in whatever format as an individual chooses to be and chooses to do that in, right? But that that's 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 where I see the social piece really, you know, what like, people can get out of being active, right? And being physically active in whatever sport they choose to. Yep. So you were an athlete yourself. And mm-hmm. Now you're in a situation where you helped uh, over 30 athletes in the past three years to receive scholarships um, mm-hmm. to play at either the university, um, post-secondary, let's say post-secondary, right. uh, you got all right. that opportunity. How has being a player shaped how you coach? Man, <laughs> well, me as a player, I was I was, I was was a loose cannon in, 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 in <laughs> In, in the right in the right ways if you get what I mean just just always uh, a deer in the headlight just very passionate um very emotional um very very leader oriented you know knew how to communicate at a young age the right yeah. way to my teammates to get the right things out of them yep so you know you know going to coaching and try to help these athletes it's you know you find those ones that have some of those characteristics you have as a player. And then you know you 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 hold on to those guys because when you hold on to those guys, you can hone them into, you know, selfishly, you, but a better you, uh, because you know where you went wrong as a player, good and bad, right? And what you can do for this athlete that you see, you know, similarities of that passion that you had growing up, and that's what I do. Like I I, I try to, you know, if if it's not putting all my athletes, I try to at least at least find something in, in my athletes that I used to see in myself. So I have those relatable stories, right? Relatable experiences yeah. that, that we can talk about and share. But um, that's what I, I definitely do, man, because 
you mean when you find those 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 guys that have that underdog and personality and perseverance and resiliency that you know you can see they kind of want to out, kind of come out of them I, I i'm on those guys because that's who i was as a player and you know as a coach i i, I try to really coach everyone to that level but we know man everyone yeah. gets it. <laughs> it's it, like kid, kids kids nowadays things it's easy at this level it's not man because it's 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 technical man it's technical at this level and and the prep level is very technical and you got to figure it out as well because you know you want to help those kids that are ready to be taught technically how to do the right thing structurally right so it's not, it's, it's it's a huge learning piece man but you know we, we we hope man we hope and always pray that you know we can do good in everybody right but that's that's where sure. i see see myself man as a player man. for sure for Going sure these kids, yeah for sure. And we had um, we had a couple of basketball conversations uh, while we were at camp. And, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you're going into year four at Centennial, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. Year, year four, four, year, okay. year two as a head coach. Yeah. Okay. Two as a head coach. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you're also in a unique situation here where a lot of times um, you have to, I'm going to use the word sell. You have to sell players on your vision. Yeah and get them to kind of like get that belief ultimately um, into what you're doing and to help them get to the next level. Talk about how you approach, you know, and recruiting is one of those things. Talk about how you approach talking to people about your program and what you can do for these athletes. Yeah, well. But, and for people, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong before we go into this, um, Talk to people a little bit about your current situation right now, why it's so unique. Oh, 100%. Um, uh, yeah, like, I'll start by my current situation, right? Why it's so unique is because, you know, we're, we're taking a lot of um, top talent um, that was either at the prep level, um, try to go JUCO in the States, um, and are coming back, uh, four past champions in different divisions and coming to play. Um, taking guys that were, you know, probably were rotational guys, eight and nine at some top prep schools uh, looking to play um, and just those underground gems. And my program is unique right now because, you know, we have a lot of high level coaches, uh -huh. coach you play, um, CBBL uh, levels as well. And this our our, our, our structure and our, our culture that we're building in there in our environment is just very unique in what we're doing. And we have a lot of our players that, you know, are youth sports eligible, just they didn't have that youth sports skill set consistently. And we're just building that up. And our players know in two, three years, you're out, you're out. We're not keeping you longer than that. So we're really trying to hone on guys that really, really ultraly were six five, six six, were guards and wings. And real and real honestly in the OCAA and CCAA, guys are six six, six seven, they're post players. So Having a unique program where I'm taking guys that, you know, were at that peak at that, that that prep level or high school level, or, you know, maybe thinking that they could have had that experience at that JUCO level or in the States level and coming back and playing, you know, six four, six five at guards and and wing positions. I mean, man, that the sky's the limit for mm -hmm. changing that culture of you know, thinking guys can only be one dimensional in this type of league. And 
I'm just hoping that, you know, we can give our athletes that have that height right now that I'm talking about and, and that exposure um, to play, you know, professionally and youth sports and stuff because um, we, we definitely have that talent. Um, but, you know, we definitely need them to play up to their talent and abilities as well, right? So that's always the, the kicker, right? Um, but for me, the selling point for me is it's knowing your process, man. Knowing your process. And once once you talk to athletes about their process, kind of understand that college isn't the end of all and be all, it's just your stepping stone. Um, it creates a lot of circulations in a lot of people's minds because yep. you start thinking about, you know, all right, if I take these two years to develop my skill set and not sit on the bench, then I can become a better player and human at the same time. Because I can learn how to do school properly, how to store pace, and you know, have some good competition and some good film. And if I really am a university athlete and I and I show it, you know, I'll get pushed that way, right? So uh -huh. it's that's that's always my selling point. Um and I and I and I really attack the characteristics of athletes that are trying to understand their process and not trying to fight it. Because yeah. you know, the ones that fight it, you know, they, I always say, don't 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 waste time. That that clock's ticking, man. That five year clock ticks, man. And yeah. it ticks quick. It ticks quick. Uh -huh. It really um, does. And and you gotta really make that five year choice decisively and intentionally. And uh, you know, bet on yourself, yeah, but make sure that bet's that bet's the right bet. And that's how I just talk to athletes and I never, I never, never, you know, and I always tell people, you never want to discourage athletes from chasing their goals because that's who we were as athletes. And um, as a coach, you always want to make sure that, you know, you let them know that they have the opportunity to do that, but, you know, know their process, know your process truly and, and attack your process the right way. You're right. You're right. And it's like, there's a, there's a dangerous, there's a dangerous, I find it so dangerous to underestimate people. Like I'm a people believer. I just believe it. Like, like, you know, and to a fault, I think there's there's optimism in the way I approach things. I approach life just in general. Right. And like, it's pretty dangerous when you kind of try to limit people. Mm -hmm. And I think you know we we're talking about our coaching experiences, and I think for me, you know, and part of it is in sports. Part of it is growing up by adults and all that kind of stuff. I was always yeah, yeah, yeah. told. I've always been told what not to do. Right. So a lot of times I approach situations and allow people to just be creative. And a lot of times it messes people up because mm -hmm. you know there's certain, I'm going to call them system players, that if you don't give them that structure, they don't know how to play outside of the structure. Does it ever happen to you that you have to encounter athletes like that? And how do you approach um, coaching those guys? Man, like, like coach, like players will tell you, man. I I let them play, man. I'm I'm just I'm just the way you're talking. So <laughs> I'm not in my head because I'm like, yeah, because you gotta let people be creative until until they mess up. Like I always say, yeah. if you're if you're gonna take that man shot, you better be the man in that moment. <laughs> you better be the man in that moment. So and that's where the creativity comes in for me, right? right? Um, right. but for me, when I encounter players that try to be a little bit too creative, you know, you you go to stats. I'm very analytical. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you pull up their stats, you pull up their game film, and you just show them, you know, the instances where they hurt us, instances where they hurt themselves on taking bad possessions as well. So 
-hmm. for me it's like you allow athletes to be creative but you have the leashes on certain guys you know that are being a little bit too creative from the structure mm -hmm. of the skeleton that you have on the spacing level right on what you're trying to do yeah. and run but man nah you gotta let people be creative man I, yeah you, mm -hmm. you, you can't always come down and run plays and when you're running like nah you you gotta let creativity shine but you mm -hmm. also have to have a leash and and, and our critical thinking point as a coach of who's being too creative for right. you, you know what i mean right. so yeah. right so mm -hmm. so let's tie so let's tie both of them together you have your your individual skill development for mm -hmm. each players mm -hmm. and you have kind of like that structure right how do you tie both of them together you just put them in environments where they're touching the ball um in in, in first mm -hmm. and, or second catches or end of shot clock because um People have a good individual skill set. I found um, you just can't let them just not be active um, within your structure, um, in your in your place. I mean, if if their if their skill set's that good, then let's be real. Put them in areas where they're going to flourish. If someone's good at slipping screens, if someone's good at knocking down corner threes, if someone's good at you know coming off curls, you know what I mean. If someone's good at ghost screens flaring, like put them put athletes in areas where they're going to succeed, right? But the ones that are creative and really good, you need to make sure mm -hmm. they touch the ball, right? You need to mm -hmm. touch the ball. And you need to make sure as a coach that you emphasize that to your athletes and let let their games that are individually skill set match for your structure show. So everyone plays your role. But as we know, man, as always happened, but at the end of the day, you have to always match it and positioning and spacing on place and, and making sure that you put people in areas where they're meant to touch the ball in first second in first second touches and they're not meant to touch the ball and they're specialists in certain areas that's what they're going to do their mm -hmm. hope is as a coach that you play your role but you gotta you gotta match the skill set with your structure right and that right. that's what you figured out that's what you figure out in, all, in, in the in the free season and and it's training camp right what is going to yeah. be your structure? Who's going to touch the ball? That's exactly yeah. what I'm doing now. I love it. I think mm. I think um, I think there's a lot of components to basketball, and I'm going to go in a different direction with you. A lot of times, people talk about you know skill development, what reads to make in the pick and roll, what reads to make on closeouts, you know, um, what needs to make, what reads to make with the ball. Talk about how you develop good off-ball players? Hmm. For me, I develop off-ball players by, you know, talking to them about reading the movement of where the defender's displacement is, how they're guarding you, and how, where you're going to displace them in your space so first. So you give know? me a cue. Give me a cue. If I'm somebody who's in the corner, right? Oh. And I have a defender that is, you know, between me and the basket and maybe around the block. Right. What are you telling him to look out for? Right. So I'm telling him to look out for a few things. If if I know that the play is going off a slot screen and roll where my point guard is going middle or either making sure you're drifting to the 45 or if your defender's still between you and the basket and kind of in that low corner button area, before the 45, you need to be you need to be cutting in, face cutting. So playing off the ball like that and just reading where the spacing of your defender is. 
but I'm also telling him to don't clog the space. Make sure you keep the space because if you're if you're good enough to play off the ball, then you need to be working with the jab series and making your move off that. So I'm yeah, always about, about that. that. Yeah. yeah, I'm always about that jab, man. I'm about to jab and then looking at your secondary defender and what you're going to make your move on. Because if you're good enough to make your move on the first guy, it's about the second guy is going to be for you. But I talk a lot about just displacement of your defender and knowing where to go in space yeah. for yourself to attack. Mm -hmm. and, and just understanding when it's good to cut or when it's good to drift up and stay down. It's huge for me. So I'm, I'm hearing Time, you talking. Timing, about, yeah. For sure, for sure. I'm hearing you talking. Like, um, for players to develop an understanding of each other in the game, right? How do you go about kind of building cohesiveness? Like, do you start off beginning of the season, maybe you do more ones, twos, threes, and build that way? Or is it more about just them just playing more five on five with certain rotations to be able to develop that kind of chemistry? Yeah, I know definitely. I think I think for me as a coach, um, even last year, just doing what I have to do, I think it's a mix of both. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's a mix mix of, you know, you keeping a competitive level on whatever you're doing on a skill development, you know, for doing what we call um chaotic chaotic shooting. Um, you know, if it's first to three, we're doing group shooting, um, you know, first to 45, first to, no, first to, first to 21 on threes. It's making sure that there's a competitive level um, that everyone feels and uh, there's a there's a level of care, right? There's a level of care to compete, level of care to, you know, make a shot. Um, mm -hmm. I think that's huge for me to build a cuteness to see how much each of them care enough to drive each other um, yeah. on, on team stuff. And then... I always got to play fives, man. You got to see where the dogs are, man. <laughs> I see where the dogs are. I, I don't believe on these coach. I, I don't believe on as a coach, like holding back on not playing up and down. Hey, it's yeah. good cardio, good conditioning. Yes. You got to keep it structured, you know, no four minute games, right? Things of that nature. But that's how guys compete, man. Because, like, like, I've learned from coaches and trainers that taught me as well as, you know, like that KYP, right? Knowing your personnel. Mm -hmm. I, how are the athletes, are they going to know their personnel if they're not always competing on reps and doing things with each right. other, right? Right. And then how right. as coaches, are we going to better know our personnel if we're not seeing it more consistently as well? What we got to get better at. So that's 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 huge for me, man. Like, but it can be one or the other. It has to be a mix of both for me personally, though, as a coach. Um, but one, one doesn't outweigh the other, but, you know, the the... the Five on five piece is definitely more structured. Um, and, you know, for me, it's always been an end of practice kind of thing, right? End of practice. We're gonna we got to steal a page out of the Coach Mike Jack book. Talk to us about the chaotic shooting. That's an that's a drill that I think um, could help a lot of people because we did talk about that one, and I really liked it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for yeah. sure. Like, um, man, chaotic shooting, like. Don't get it wrong. Like this is just me not reinventing the wheel. Um, mm -hmm. Things have been taught to me as well. So, you know, you just you just have a lot of, you know, transition points, and and spots where you know you're simulating where your plays and sets are going to come out from. So, for me, um, a lot of my plays and sets come out from the you know the 45, uh, the slot lane, um, the corners, 
you know, just as, as a stationary three um, and a DHO, right? So all that are all the spots that we do. Mm -hmm. And guys must rebound and pass each other and switch sides consistently. So they're always getting reps on both sides. So I always tell myself and other coaches that, you know, you want to make sure that whatever you're doing structurally for your drills are based on actual plays and sets and structure that you're going to have in actual game format. Or does it make any sense? That's big. That's doesn't big right sense yeah. doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense, right? right like if, you, if you haven't taught your guy to fucking, uh, sorry for my language, like dribble, <laughs> dribble down twice, dribble down twice. Yeah. You know, two hard dribbles, right? Two pound dribbles to a shot, like you can't expect them, or two pound dribbles to a floater. You haven't worked in that in, in, in practice and skills, so don't don't put that in the game and to make yeah. that, right? Like, yeah. There's a lot of things, right? You know what I mean? That you got to really own in on, but um, that drill is what I love, man. I love that drill. I love that so drill like, a lot. That's, that's a big point, what you're saying. So like, because I think a lot of drills have to relate to how you're going to play. If 100%. You, if you pay attention to, for instance, if I have if I have a set where I have three guards and I have two bigs, my two bigs are at the free throw line, it doesn't really make sense for me to practice catching the ball on the wing, two dribble going to the middle. I probably got to dribble to the baseline, all those little things like that. But again, yeah. like, like you're saying, it's about how many reps we can replicate as coaches in our mm -hmm. practices that translate to what they're going to see in a game. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. What What is the – if you have to pick one skill that you think every player would need, what do you think it is? Uh, man, um, it's funny, man. Glad you asked me that question because, um, you know, I've been – all my friends always knock me for my podcast and stuff, but, I, you know, it's <laughs> a lot of – a lot, of, a lot of NBA NCAA podcasts, you know, on my drives and online and things. But the word, the word I've been hearing a lot is escapability. Um, and I don't know if that's one specific skill set or mm -hmm. learning how to be in your bag. Um, sure. A lot of athletes are very one-dimensional. You know, um, they they can't they can't utilize their performance. And, and and the utility of their of their movements if they don't have escapability, right? I can't only be good at shooting. I gotta be able to pump fake, sidestep. I gotta have escapability in my game. So um the biggest thing I think for athletes is learning how to have escapability because you can really be owned on just being one dimensional when you get to the next level, especially post-secondary. If a coach, like you said, does it see your individual skill sets matches the creativity that you need to have? See how yeah. we get back to that now, right? Yeah. Like that, yeah. Right? I'm telling right? you. I'm right? telling you. But, but it's, it's, it's real though, right? So um, if you got to have a scalability and that comes back to creativity, right? We're, we're, yeah. We will allow your, our athletes to have creativity, but that creativity basically means for me the word escapability. Mm -hmm. It means you have the ability to be creative and make a bucket, do mm -hmm. something. Right? Yeah. Anyone ever has the ability to catch and shoot? Right? Can I put through my legs twice, get to the load? Put through my legs twice, make a pass. To, to, to Gretzky, go to the one more. Like, like all those things and formats are a skill set that is not one word, but it, it's one word, but it's a, it's a bunch of things put together, right? 
that makes any sense, right? So mm-hmm. capability is my word. That's that's the word mm-hmm. I use for skill set. You gotta work on your capability as kids. Get in your like bag. That. Get in your bag. I like that. So 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 let me ask you this. Um if the if the if the Mike Michael Jackman from um from high school walked yeah. into your gym right now having the same skill set that he had in high school and he's talking to Mike Jackman the coach. What would Mike Jackman the coach tell him? I, I I would tell him, I would tell him, <laughs> I would tell him, I would tell him definitely learn how to learn how to make, learn how to make reads, you know, in, in the secondary offensive sets and, you know, learn how to be better off too, right? In terms of using screens off too and making a play for others because that's something that, you know, you definitely need to have at my height, at my, at my skill set, um, the shooter or bring up. So, you know, that was my thing. I hit threes, I hit shots, um, but, you know, making plays for others and doing all those other things was that word I'm using, right? Mm-hmm. Having that capability be my bag a lot more at a younger age, I could have helped me prosper. But that's, yeah. that's, that's what I would, that's, that's what the coach would tell, uh, you know, high school Mike right now, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I appreciate you. Um, where can people find you on Instagram or any social media? Anything yeah, you want to plug in? Yeah, I know for definitely. Um, yeah, and you guys, any of you, you know, young kids or adults or parents that follow, you know, this this great, great, great young man on the other side there, Coach O. Um, <laughs> you guys can follow me at Centennial Men's Basketball. Uh, that's at least Centennial Square Men, uh, MBB. Um, and you can always follow me uh, for any tips or just seeing things I've done in my past um, on the basketball realm at uh, STLA underscore basketball. Um, you know, I still do training on the side and stuff, but, you know, I'm always there for advice and mentorship because that's 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 a greater sometimes. That's a, that's a greater skill that you can uh, give people. So that's yeah. what I'm here Ooh. for. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely STLA underscore basketball. Talk about before we end. Talk about uh, mentorship, just in general. Like, what are you able to bring to people, or how you've been using your your platform just for mentorship? Because mentorship is a huge part of what you do, and you're really good at it. So I want you to plug to people and just talk about your approach to that. No, I appreciate that, man. Um, I think this is a person I, I um, like any other culture or human. You know, we've all been through our own life experiences. Um, I think you know, just having that relate relatability um to your athletes that were past um that still want to connect with you i think is you know some of the you know, most precious moments you can share um with them and you know you can have as well as a coach because um that connection that means that um they, they need that bond you need to understand they, they want to figure out things so i'm just always here just to give real life experiences real life thoughts you know real life words um just just to help people you know, you know, get through that that mental that mental strain they may have or you know think that they have, right? Because um, sometimes you know, you know, you need to talk to someone that can relate to you. So, you know, being a, being being a, a coach athlete or an athlete's coach or where however you want to say it, um, you know, I'm just I'm just here to just relate relate to people that you know see me as keeping it real, keeping it real, I'm not sure quoting things, right? So yeah. sometimes tough love is is the best love, as they say always, right? So, yeah. 100%. Coach, 
Coach Mike Jackman, appreciate you. Thank you for making the time. I know you're very busy. I'm gonna let you get back to what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. Um, keep letting your athletes and your students be creative. Those, everybody you get to impact, man, is really lucky to have you. So keep it up, my friend. Happy that I got the chance to chop it up with you over the pen and we'll definitely keep talking. Most definitely, Coach O, man. I appreciate man. Appreciate this time, man. God bless. Take care. Okay, so like I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, in the basketball coaching section, we're going to talk about rebounding and how important and how valuable it is to winning. When you're looking at rebounding, I think it is one of, in my opinion, the three main components that coaches can look that are direct relation to winning. If we're looking at those three components, number one, that I would ask my team is if we're trying to win the game, are we going to defend at a high level? Are we going to play defense, right? High energy, stop the ball, not give the opponents anything easy. The second one is, are we taking care of the ball? Are we not turning it over, right? Are we making good decisions and not just carelessly giving the ball up to our opponents? And lastly, the third one is, are we rebounding at a high level? And most of the time, if you do two of those three things at a high level, you give yourself a really good chance to win. And if you do all three of these things, most of the time you're going to blow the other team out. So when we're talking about rebounding, it's something that I think a lot of people need to take pride in because those are winning plays whenever you can rebound because it's it's an extra possession and i want to actually change people's perspective on it we are also in an players who have been in situations where you run a lot of drills a lot of time the fight and the assertive mentality that you have to have to go grab a rebound is lost because at the end of a drill, most of the time, that is what determines whether, um, let me let me rephrase that. When you have a coach who does, runs a lot of drills, players tend to not focus on the rebounding as the end goal. So if I'm playing one-on-one -on -one with somebody, a lot of times it's just about can I not let this person score? But the pursuit of the basketball is just, and if not, more important. Because you play defense for 24 seconds, somebody shoots the ball, and you don't finish off the possession. Those are mental plays that can end up uh, being very hard to um mentally overcome especially late in the game i call those backbreakers those are backbreakers because like you did everything you can to not let the other team score and yet they still come away with the ball so rebounding is one of those things where if we're looking at just um if we're looking at the two main positions on the court um centers bigs right big centers are going to be judged on how many rebounds they could get so a lot of times coaches will be like if 
a big doesn't grab 10 plus rebounds they didn't have a good game they weren't active they didn't finish off the possessions they didn't but it's more than that i think that what big should start looking at is if they could rebound what that actually does is if i get 11 rebounds i actually created 11 opportunities for my team to win and it's unfortunate that bigs are being judged by that number but it comes with the territory if you're looking at guards when you rebound the ball i think a guard that rebounds the ball is super valuable why one that shows that the guard is locked in on finishing the possession right the guard is not thinking about just leaking out and then leaving the team and understands that you know I got to stay locked in until we defensively have that ball in our hands to be able to transition off after into our offense. But I think as guards, if you're able to rebound the ball, that's a bonus because guards are not judged on that number. Bigs are. So if a guard rebounds the ball, that actually gives you more value. So think about that. A guard that rebounds puts, a, puts themselves in a really good situation to add value to a team. So, for instance, on the defensive end, if a guard rebounds, right? So, if we're thinking about somebody like Russell Westbrook, if Russell Westbrook rebounds the ball, that gives him the opportunity to start the break right away, right? You don't have to wait on the big to give you the ball to then be able to bring it up. So, as a guard, if I could grab that rebound, it makes it a bit faster for me to be able to put more pressure on the other team's, uh, the other team's defense earlier in the shot clock. So, why not grab a rebound? Different ways that we can start looking at rebounding, and I'm going to address this to, to the coaches. I think coaches have to encourage players in their practices to play more and emphasize that rebounding is of value. Because I, as a coach, have been in a lot of situations where We'll play good defense. The ball will hit the rim. And then the other team just wants it more and then just offensive rebounds and then puts it back. And I find those are plays that can be prevented. But it has to be practice. So what can coaches do? The way that coaches could approach this is in their practices, you don't even have to have rebounding drills. You want to have something that, that relates to the game a little bit more. In my opinion, rebounding drills are depending on which one, if you just do a rebounding drill, to my, my opinion, it doesn't really translate to the game because players have to get used to defending to then turning, finding a body, and then pursuing the basketball. So if you break it down into those steps, I think it makes more sense to a real game approach. So as coaches, um. When we play these games, we have to put emphasis on finishing off the possessions. Something that I did that worked really well was we would play a regular game, but if at any moment in that regular game, the other team, um, one team would grab three offensive rebounds, the game would be done. So what that ended up making do was that you could be up 
in the in the time that we have in the scrimmage time that we had you could be up by 20 but if you let three um if you let a team grab three offensive rebounds that automatically negates the 20 points that you had so automatically the mindset is starting to shift and i think like your team starts developing a more important approach and understanding that hey we got to close out these possessions offensively it's the same thing like if you could grab offensive rebounds you're actually creating more possessions for your team and the reverse of finishing the possession well on offense you keep the possession going and it's all about activity it's all about will it's all about understanding that most shots if you take a shot on the right side most of the time it's going to land on the other side there's all little tricks that you could do but i think putting a lot of emphasis on the pursuit and just the will to want to go get the basketball can pay a lot of dividends rebounding is one of those things man like i've been really thinking about it and uh, you know as much as it's positioning as much as it's understanding if you understand the value of it you're setting yourself up to bring a lot of value to your team thank you for tuning in this week make sure to add a review or give me a five-star rating if you enjoyed Thank you to Michael Jackman for being our host this week. Make sure to give him a shout on social media and keep up with everything he is doing and all things Centennial Men's Basketball. Uh, thank you to the listeners every week. I thank you guys. Um, I really appreciate just the endless support, all seven of you <laughs> that are listening to this podcast. As for me, you know you can always connect with me at Coach0365 on every platform and subscribe to my YouTube channel for more visuals, and video breakdowns. Have a great week and see you next week on the Project 365 podcast.